Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. The podcast series has been created to shine a light on the diverse and inspiring careers of Australia's pharmacists. Each episode will focus on the varied career opportunities within the pharmacy industry by exploring the career paths taken by leaders in the fields of community pharmacy, hospital, industry, government and professional organisations. Careers never follow a defined path. Everyone's story is different and unique in their own way. The podcast series will help you discover the world of opportunities that exist and reveal pathways to achieve your dreams and aspirations. Whether you are a pharmacy student, early career pharmacist, or simply looking for a change at any stage of your career, the podcast series is designed to help you navigate ways into a career and a life that you love. Your host of the podcast series is Ali Sue. Ali, herself a pharmacist, is now the founder of Global Pharmacy Entrepreneurs and a passionate advocate for pharmacists to grow, innovate, excel, and make a lasting impact in the world. It's now over to our host, Ali Sue. Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. This is Ali Sue. Christmas is fast approaching. I would like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you to all pharmacists for your hard work, patience and care that you bring to the community. Look forward to another exciting year ahead. In this episode, I would like to introduce a pharmacist turned leadership coach, Chantal Turner. Chantal is a pharmacist emotional intelligence practitioner, leadership coach, and the founder of Turn Pharmacy Leadership, a leadership coaching business created by a pharmacist for pharmacists and people within the industry. Through her business, Chantelle fulfills her purpose of empowering pharmacists to become game changers in their lives, workplaces, and communities. In this episode, Chantal shared with us her journey as a pharmacist and explained to us what emotional intelligence is and how we can use emotional intelligence to create a successful pharmacy career. Without further ado, let's welcome Chantal. Welcome, Chantal, to your Pharmacy Career Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to to be here and, you know, if I can share a few little tidbits of my journey along the way that helps someone else, that'd be yeah, exciting for me as much as it's hopefully exciting for them as well. I thought today would be a good idea to start with, what are you doing now? So what I am doing now, I'm proud owner of Turn Pharmacy Leadership. And what Turn Pharmacy Leadership is, is it's a business that is based around helping inspire and empower pharmacists and key personnel within our industry to become confident, positive and resilient leaders to themselves and others. Now, the reason why I am super passionate passionate about this is because if we can equip people with these skills, it helps the individual to have a more meaningful and sustainable career, minimizing the risk of burnout. It helps teams because people who effectively lead themselves are inevitably creative thinkers. They appreciate and are able to thrive uh, with autonomy as well. And also there is a win for businesses as well, because within this, we have people that are are confident and positive. And if we're able to foster this environment within the the businesses that we're working in, or the business can foster it for their, their staff, 
it helps uh, to create job satisfaction and then people don't want to leave. So we have staff retention um, as well. So I think on the various different levels, individuals, teams, and also business owners as well, if we can get these tools into people's hands, I think it's going to go a long way towards helping with the great resignation that's going on and help people to practice with more ease and flow as opposed to feeling like they've got to hustle 24-7. Great. And sounds like that's something we all need right now. So I'm really curious, how did you get into that? You must have a story behind it. Tell us why you're doing it, what you're doing now. I think anything that you're really passionate about always comes from a bit of a personal story. And that's exactly the case with myself. When I was freshly registered as an intern pharmacist I I wasn't even 21 and so I was very young at the time while I was in a a brilliant team of of lovely people I really struggled to gain the respect that really was required for me to be able to practice to the extent that I wanted to so it was the simple things that probably some of your audience have experienced where you are capable of answering your question yourself but the pharmacy assistant who has been there for an eternity automatically goes and grabs the pharmacy manager as opposed to coming to you and and things like that and I was like oh this is really kind of hamstringing my ability to practice and it's making me feel like I'm becoming you know the person behind the computer as opposed to the face of the pharmacy that I want to be the pharmacist that is interacting with our patients. So that was kind of my first realization. If I want to be able to practice, I'm going to need to find a way to connect with my team and with patients as well. So in a way that I'm respected. And the way that I realized I was able to do that was to be able to create some meaningful relationships and build rapport with these people. I didn't necessarily have words to say what that was at the time, but I realized that there was a way to ask that afforded me this greater respect and greater um, ability to practice than just I either demanding it or shying away from not saying anything at all. As I moved through my career, I then became a pharmacy manager and I worked in a very high functioning team. It was a very profitable pharmacy. However, there was something that just was missing. And what, again, it really came down to was there was a bit of an intrinsic trust issue. So people, um, respected each other but didn't necessarily buy into where we were going so there was a bit of an engagement issue Uh, what that looked like was people would turn up five minutes before their shift started and left a moment not a moment later than it finished and there's no no issues with leaving on time but it was the you know drop and run as opposed to handing over what needs to be done for the for the next day so there was those communication issues again as well Um, and regardless of what we tried we would go one step forward two steps back you know we try and create the change the change would happen for a week or so then it would you know subside once again so what I realized was that we needed to find a way to get people to buy in, to increase engagement. And that really started my journey on exploring what leadership options are out there. And I guess that's probably where my first interaction with emotional intelligence came along. Uh, What I am now is an emotional intelligence practitioner, which helps people to understand 
emotional intelligence, but also I provide assessments and debriefs as well so they can improve their emotional intelligence behaviours. But back to the, the story and I guess my journey, I realised that by being more aware, more empathetic, more present and being more aware of others and that there was always a story beneath the surface, that was really why um, or how I came to realise that there was a lot more to leadership than um, what I had originally thought. So I went along and was trying to make everyone else's life in the pharmacy um, amazing and help to build and inspire and upskill and empower everyone else, which was great. It was really effective, but I still was yet to learn a really important piece of the puzzle, and that was leadership of self. So what happened while I was being so busy making sure that my team was brilliant and engaged and the pharmacy was profitable and the owners were very happy, I let myself have a burnout because I hadn't learnt leadership of self as yet. And this is where I really learnt about how to be more self-aware, how to listen to um, myself, my body and those internal thoughts, and then to be able to communicate to tell the right people the right information in the right way so it's heard so that I could, you know, honour what I needed and my values as well. So once I kind of went through these three phases, that early career and then wanting to inspire others and then finally putting the last piece of the puzzle, which should have been the first piece, which was leadership of self, all together, what um, I realised was, goodness, if we could get these skills into the hands of other people, how many more pharmacists could we keep in our profession and how much more could we create better environments for our, our teams to work in as well. So tell us a bit more about emotional intelligence. So I think the best way to explain that is to start off with what is emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is a set of skills that help us to understand, perceive, interpret, and also influence emotions in ourselves and in others. So what I do is I help people to improve a set of behaviours, emotionally intelligent behaviours that allow them to function or to understand, interpret, reason with and influence emotions in a variety of situations. And this is really important for us as pharmacists because we are so often put in situations that leave us in what we would call an emotional intelligence or even just in neuroscience of a threat response or um, threat emotions. And that really limits our ability to think expansively, openly, laterally, creatively. And that at the worst end of the spectrum can really inhibit patient outcomes as well. So can you give us some examples for our early career pharmacists? Mm, absolutely. Mrs. Jones comes in, seems like um, a dear old lady, and she wants her prescription that she hasn't had from you for five months. And she goes from dear Mrs. Jones to very agitated, very angry and aggressive. Immediately, you're confronted with a situation that goes, oh, no, I've upset her. What am I going to do to solve this? In that moment, 
while in when we can sit here and have a conversation about it calmly we can talk about you know where she may have been getting it for the last five months whether she is still really taking it what other options we have on the table about whether that's contacting the doctor or um seeing about you know compliance moving forward if there's an issue there that we need to address when we have this situation that's in front of us our ability if we feel threatened our ability to think of all those other options on the table is actually decreased so we go into what we call an amygdala hijack that oh my goodness moment what am I going to do and in that moment our decision making process is compromised our thought process is compromised so that may leave you going oh okay no worries we'll I'll, I'll just dispense it this once and ethically we know that's that's not a very good idea. Um, it may be that you shut down and you go, well, too bad, so sad. If you don't respect me, well, you should get out of the store. That's probably not going to be the best option because you may have lost a really, really loyal patient who, for whatever reason, thought that it was totally appropriate to be asking this question of you. So by having these emotional intelligence skills, it's able to see the situation as it comes in go oh goodness this is making me feel anxious taking a breath and now what other options do I have on the table um, and there's a myriad of ways we can do that but that would be one example I guess you will see on a regular basis as a pharmacist other situations may be a senior pharmacist or the owner asking you to do something that you may not necessarily feel comfortable with or working a shift that um, you already have prior commitments and you really don't want to have to say no to them. So it's about being able to articulate your desires in those heat of the moment situations as well as opposed to just jumping to saying yes when you really want to say no. They're, I guess, the, the top examples that that come to mind. The one other one I guess is really important to bring up is uh, interprofessional collaboration. When you get a GP on the phone and maybe they're being a little confrontational or they're asking or something of you that either A, you don't feel comfortable with, B, you may disagree with, or C, you have more information about the situation that they don't know about. And if you are feeling threatened in that situation, that may impact your ability to have a confident, assertive conversation with this GP to help to come to a mutual resolution as opposed to just um, agreeing to whatever they want done if that's not what you necessarily feel comfortable with. And emotional intelligence skills allow us to broaden our thinking, change our perspective a little bit and influence our performance outcomes that we have. Wow, it sounds like from all these examples, Emotional intelligence skill sets has given us opportunity to connect with our own emotions at the time and so that we don't respond immediately. Absolutely, Ali. That's a brilliant insight. Uh, in the emotional intelligence model that I am specifically trained in, which is the Genos model of emotional intelligence, it was developed out of Swinburne University as a fun fact. Uh, one of the core competencies is called emotional reasoning. And what emotional reasoning is, is the ability to combine the information that we get that is somewhat intangible sometimes around our emotions with the technical data 
as well, and then be able to communicate outwardly how we have come to our decision, both using the two sides of that um, information that we're getting to create um, our response. So you're exactly right. It is being able to first acknowledge, be self-aware enough to acknowledge what's going on internally, and then being able to pair that with the information and the technical data that we have of the situation at hand to then communicate. And then the, the, the piece of the puzzle around communicating is about authenticity to being able to explain what you need to explain that includes your feelings and emotions if appropriate and also that technical data as well. From an early career pharmacist's point of view, when we're not so experienced with many situations in life and not so experienced in talking to different age group of people, how do we develop that skill set or improve that emotional intelligence when we're under so much pressure? I love that question. And it, I think it's multifaceted. I think we could have a whole podcast. It's about acknowledging that you're not going to get it right every single time. And that's why the art of reflection is so important. So a simple thing to do at the end of each day is to almost do a little debrief with yourself. What went well? What could have gone better? What would I change if I could do something again? Having those little situations or being able to replay those things, and it's not about ruminating, it's about being able to look in that moment of calm for the other opportunities that lay on the table, help to increase our awareness. So when we are presented with a similar situation the next time, we've already identified maybe another two or three options that we could have used to play it out. The other thing I would say is this isn't only a skill that is important within your pharmacy career. This is a life skill and mastering these life skills really gives us flexibility and freedom. So don't be afraid to really master these skills at home in your relationship. And I think what it all boils down to is your ability to listen and listen beyond the words. We're taught at uni to be able to um, counsel effectively and effective questioning around, you know, beginning with open questions and then moving down to, to closed questions to be able to get all the information we need. And, you know, the art of questioning is really important. Another thing that we can do, though, is we can use our intuition. Um, there's a brilliant book called Coactive Coaching. It has, it talks about three levels of listening. Level one is the conversation that goes on inside your head or you're listening to someone to make it for you to interpret what it means to you you might say to me we've got this issue Mrs Jones is, um, doesn't have a script for example and you go oh my god again what am I going to have to do about this now so you're automatically relaying this information until what it means to you the second is to be um, listening implicitly to the person so hearing this and thinking what needs to be done for Mrs. Jones. So directly listening to the words. The third level, and this is the one that I wanted to really speak about, was what they call um, global listening. So listening to things that aren't said, listening for the, the tone, listening for the words that are missed, listening for the inflection that they have on, on words. If someone comes to you and says, Mrs. Jones doesn't have a script, 
and they sound anxious. You go, they're anxious. I wonder what Mrs. Jones is feeling at the moment. And it might mean that she's she's angry, or if they come and say, "Oh, Mrs. Jones doesn't have her script." Yeah, they're relaxed, so maybe she doesn't have a script for her. You know quantity of 196 panadol year. I'm, I'm not too sure, but something much more, more mild. So by being able to do that global listening, and it's about relying on your gut as well, um, to hear those other things and practicing in situations that are not within the pharmacy will really help to improve your emotional intelligence skills as well. How do we do it when we are under so much pressure every day? What are your advice for our early career pharmacists to give that extra attention to hear those things that not said? I would say don't be afraid to control the pace, um, which can be sometimes really intimidating to do, especially as an early career pharmacist. Um, and we are all time sensitive for sure. But what I mean by that is if someone comes to you and you're in the middle of maybe dispensing a script or if you're in the middle of listening to a conversation from someone else and someone wants to try and interrupt, before those moments, have some dialogue in your brain ready to go so it may be something along the lines of I'll just finish this and I'll be with you in two minutes it may be as simple as this needs my full focus right now does Mrs Jones mind waiting can you put her name in the script queue and I will attend to that um, when it gets there so there's a whole variety of ways that we can take control of our time um, and the pace within the pharmacy as well. Um, and I think as pharmacists, we have worked our way into a situation where we do feel we're at the at everyone's beck and call. And that really can be to the detriment of our own well-being. If you can, take a walk outside, even if it's just for a minute, move to a quiet space of the pharmacy. Other things that you can do are little grounding techniques. So whether it's taking a square breath, so breathing in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. Something as simple as that, which some people may oral at, has actually proven to reduce our stress levels and helps us again to become back to being more present. Um, and again, comes back to that controlling the pace as well. So it's not necessarily about, you know, blocking out hours of time because we know that that's probably not a reality in pharmacy, but it's being aware of, a, when you're starting to feel flustered, and then B, having a few little techniques up your sleeve, whether it's dialogue or a grounding technique that can help to bring you back to the moment and create that little extra space that you need. The, the other thing I would love to add, Ali, is just I think it's really important that we as individuals do know our values. And when I say know our values, it's about in those moments of when things are stressful or when things feel overwhelming, how can we get back to them? How can we get back to our values? So an example of that for me is my two values, which overflow into my business as well, is mastery and growth. And you would have heard me use those words mm -hmm. already, probably mastery of life skills. And I want to help grow people, grow teams and grow businesses. Just for example, say you've got a really challenging colleague who you never know what mood they're going to come in to work at. And you had a bit of a 
a challenging situation. You forgot to tell them about, I don't know, something simple like an owing script and a patient got a little bit cross at them or something. And they've walked in today and they haven't said hello to you. And all of a sudden you're going, oh my goodness, they haven't said hello. I'm going to be on eggshells all day. I'm, I'm really worried about how the day is going to pan out. That's that amygdala hijack going. So what we can do in that moment is notice the extra go, well, what would it mean if I could move towards growth in this issue? Maybe moving towards growth for me in this situation is being able to say, hmm, I wonder what else is going on for them today. Maybe I'll I'll reach out and um and say hey first and see how they're going. And in that moment, I'm allowed, I'm able enabling myself to grow because I've stretched my conversation technique a little bit further than what I would have if I would have stayed in the, oh my goodness, what's gonna happen today? Um, the other way we can do that is, you know, just say we really value. I don't know, let's say it's connection for argument's sake and you've got um, the situation where you're a little bit fearful about speaking up to um, the pharmacy manager because you need to step outside for five to just take a breath. We can dwell on the fear of doing it or we can say, how can I use my value of connection to make this happen? And that may be saying to the pharmacy manager, hey, do you have a moment? Um, I just want to let you know I'm feeling um, a little bit overwhelmed right now. Do you mind if I pop out for just two minutes? I just need to take a breath and take a sip of water um, and then I'll be back on deck again. If we stay in our shell and don't say anything, we're going against our value of connection mm -hmm. in that instance and we're actually amplifying the issue as opposed to getting it out in the open as well. It can sometimes be hard for um, a new pharmacist, whether it's an early career pharmacist or even someone coming into a new workplace, to really feel like they're embedding themselves into whatever culture is already there. And the thing with culture is that it belongs to everyone in the store. So we all have a responsibility to be the culture we want mm -hmm. in our businesses and in our workplaces. Mm -hmm. And so if that's what you value in your workplace, you've got to be shown, you've got to be seen to be living that culture as well. This does become a challenge when businesses or workplaces aren't psychologically safe. And that is a whole nother conversation for, for another day. But I think the conversation we've been having is really about being able to empower our early career pharmacists to be able to feel confident and be able to manage their emotions in those challenging circumstances, whether it comes from workplace environment, which hopefully it doesn't, um, and also from patients as well. And last question, what advice would you like to leave with our early career pharmacists to help them to create a successful pharmacy career? Master leadership skills, master your emotional intelligence, because these are the skills that are going to allow your technical abilities to shine in whatever situation and Ever, whatever opportunity that comes your way. They are the lubricant, the secret ingredients to your success. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. If you enjoyed this episode and know anyone else who you think would benefit from it, we would be grateful if you could share it with them. 
Together, we help even more pharmacists develop a career and life they love. If you have any questions or suggestions about future podcast episodes, please reach out to us via email info at ravensrecruitment.com.au.